Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Hotel Calcified Podcasts. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Rich Mounts. Um, I'm a co-host as well, Joel Franson from Vancouver, BC, and... I'm Tom Shackleton. I'm from Calgary, Alberta. I'm uh, honored to work with these two gentlemen, both fine clinicians, uh, really great guys. And the purpose of our podcast is to discuss clinical, primarily endodontic topics blended with a lot of humor, a lot of humility, a lot of our personal experience, and to make an enjoyable uh, podcast for the dental clinician who is looking for some insight from some doctors who maybe uh, have a few dents in their armor. Would that be a fair statement? Absolutely. We've been I in wish the- I only had a few. <laughs> well, so I, I use this metaphor a lot. Some of us are a little more dented than others, and I think I'm almost totaled. But, so dented, um, I feel naked. <laughs> speaking of naked. Good thing this is audio only. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the most amazing Halloween costume in Chicago over the weekend. And let me put it this way. It was very sheer and there was only underwear. And I will leave it there. Okay. In, in, a, in a very uh, happening bar. And uh, I don't think an old geezer like me would have been anywhere near that bar without a young and enthusiastic uh, future son-in-law. But we'll we'll move right <laughs> on. Well, you weren't wearing, so you weren't wearing the costume is what you're saying? Uh, well, if I would have been wearing that costume, I would have freaking got arrested. It, it, would, have been, it would have been indecent exposure. But uh, anyway, uh, Tom, I'm going to have you introduce our first topic, which is the Chiefs of Complaint, which is a riff uh-huh. on the Chief Complaint. And... Um, Take it away. What are your thoughts about how we listen to, assess, process what the patient tells us? Well, I find it's a, it can always be a bit of a mixed case. I mean, people are generally pretty terrible historians. They're not really good at articulating what their problem is, especially when you put them on the spot and say, what brings you here? Why are you here to see me? And and I think trying to give them a little bit of guidance is really important, but uh, you know, just when they come in, uh, <laughs> like your friend in Chicago, kind of naked, and they're mm-hmm. they're just a little exposed, and and you know they start feeling insecure, and and so it, it can be really difficult to find out what their problem is, especially as you move along through the conversation, and they sort of pivot. You know, oh, I have sensitivity to cold. Well, it also hurts when I bite, but now nah, then I have swelling on my gums, and these you know obviously you know need a little bit more digging into. So, you know, when I, when I hear these chief complaints, which is always our conversation starter, uh, we try to keep it as simple as possible, um, trying to get the laundry list from people, but even that can be a little bit of a task because sort of listening to myself now, this is how (laughs) patients are. They come in and they just start rambling on and they tell you all the history and everything. And then about their sister and their dog that they just bought. And, you know, the dog poops too much. And let me tell you, and we're here to talk about your tooth, you know, so it can be, it can be. So now I'm a chief of complaint. I I understand. Yeah. Uh, Brother Joel, would you like to throw in your observations on this from honor? Yeah. Yeah. Further to what, uh, Tom was saying, I uh, my chief complaint uh, regimen starts with a receptionist. I try to get the receptionist to to get the story from the patient. 
So we have an idea this patient's coming in and, and they're worried about heat, they're worried about bite, they're worried about this. And then and then when the assistant brings them in, the assistant takes the story as well. And if you're a general dentist office, then the hygienist takes the story as well. So hopefully by the time the patient comes to you, they've sort of uh, quenched their, their desire to tell a long story. And they'll perhaps tell a more succinct story. And patients who complain against dentists tend to be the ones who don't think they've been listened to. So I really encourage my team to get the story so that the, the patient can kind of tell about the dog. They're walking along the water and a bird went by and, uh, you know, and, and so they can get that out of their system. And so when I walk into the room, I say, oh, by the way, Marie's told me what your chief complaint is. You know, I'm just going to have a look at your x-rays here and then I can lean you back and have a look and then we can chat some more. That doesn't work 100% of the time, but it works pretty good. You know, evidently you get that's still the opening line for, well, let me start page one with war and peace about my tooth. And you're like, oh, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, so let me, let me ask a slightly different question. So I'm envisioning I'm a general dentist. I'm listening to what you've both said. And you know, we hear different things about how endodontists process patients. Mm -hmm. And my question specifically is, in your offices, who does the actual examination? Does your assistant do the cold testing? Does your assistant write down that chief complaint? Do they do the percussion, palpation, mobility, probings? Do you walk into a template that's been filled in with the control teeth and all the other things or you know are you walking in to do that examination yourselves i do it myself i'd like to say i trust my team to do that i honestly i just don't so and i say that because i i don't even even if the next door my next door neighbor who's a dentist says I've done all the cold testing, everything like that. I'm going to reproduce it anyway. So I, I need to see it myself. I'm, I'm kind of that skeptic. I'm the Missourian, you know, I need to show me, I'm the show me guy. So I will, uh, uh, our assistant will certainly get the information and as best they can. And I'm going to come in and ask the same questions. And like Joel said, it is nice to give them an opportunity to just, just the barf it out, you know, and sometimes time constraints, you, know, you get to chapter three of War and Peace, you kind of got to cut that off and and you know try to redirect them. But um, I will do testing myself, and and my assistant is taking notes, you know, getting the image and all that jazz. Yeah, Joel, what are your thoughts on this? I'm on the other side of the pendulum. In in regards to that, when the patient does tell start telling the story, I don't interrupt them. I kind of let them fatigue themselves, and that tends to help make the a lot more quicker. And then they start repeating themselves. I say, yeah, okay, no, I understand your, 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 your remarks about cold I've got. So we don't have to revisit cold. I say it a little more diplomatic than that, but try to do it. But I try to do what I'm legally obliged to do and nothing else. So <laughs> I get my staff to pulp test the teeth, but I double, triple check it. So they often, they'll, they are now doing EPT a little bit, but tradition, like they're better at it this year than they were last year. And they're much better at it last year than they were two years ago. And they're going to be better at it next year. Every year they get a little bit better at it. So I've been working with the same staff now for about six, seven years. So they're really good at it, but I double, triple check it. I just don't accept it blindly. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. being an endodontist, a lot of the time it's an infected tooth that had a root canal. So a lot of the time we're just trying to make sure that the neighboring teeth are are relatively normal. Um, right. And and Tom gets a lot more of those pain patients where it's like, well, now we're looking for subtleties and things like that. Well, if that's the case, then I'm now diving in deep. But mm-hmm. for instance, in a case in point, I I get my staff to cold test a root canal treated tooth. And that's a good test because if the patient responds to that, then you're like, okay, you know, that's an issue. They're trying to be nice and they're, they're, they're trying to be cooperative and they're trying too hard and they feel you press on it, you know? So I've t- taught them all those tricks over the years and I work with them. And so the pa- my, my staff will come back. They're like, well, it's, you know, you know, I'm not so sure. And then I really do the test or we're pretty sure. And I double, triple check it, you yeah. know, but you know, not, 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 not to rain on general dentists, parade but a lot of oh, time rain away <laughs> it's pretty straightforward by the time it comes to me because general yeah. dentist usually screened it yeah. yes you know and so you're like oh it's the one with the bat, big black lesion at the end of the root you're like okay well i want to make sure the neighboring teeth are responding yeah right? Which, right. which i think some general dentists don't do they're like well that one has a radiolucent lesion let's just test it and i'm like a lot of the times the neighboring teeth are non-responsive you're like well this one's non-responsive the pdl is normal it's asymptomatic but you want to keep an eye on it. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a root canal on it, but you know we we found something out. All the other ones respond. This one doesn't. So this one could be going in a couple of years from now. That's useful information. Yeah, so, you yeah. you said something really interesting. Many good things there, but one thing that slipped by you slipped it in was the words EPT. Yeah, and if our listeners are not familiar with that. That means electric pulp testing. Yeah, and um. I have, I'm going to comment a little bit because I haven't kicked in yet, but Tom, do you use EPT regularly? Not regularly. I find I don't need it that often, um, but not regularly, no. Okay. And Joel, is that a, a common feature? Yeah. I use EPT if we're getting, if we're not getting rock solid results with a cold, we bring out okay. the EPT, you know, okay. so if, if I, if I'm any, any shades of gray with the cold, then we bring it out the EPT. So it's not a regular, but, you know, we have a lot of older patients with pretty calcified canals and, you know, you, you try, they're not responding, none of the teeth respond to cold and then all of a sudden they're, they're responding to EPT. Yeah. So just to summarize what I heard, um, Tom, I heard you basically say that you do all your testing yourself. And Joel, mm-hmm. what I heard you say was that you have your staff do everything that they can do legally and then you back it up with you check everything that they do to make sure that it's accurate before you make a final diagnosis. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah so I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so my question would be, so I, I don't mean to pick nits two things, by the way, I like Joel's comment about patients trying to be nice and giving you the response. Welcome to Canada, Rich. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> Everybody's so damn nice. They won't call you if they have an emergency because they don't want to, I don't want to bother you. It's a weekend. And so they think they're supposed to feel cold. So yeah, you put it on the endotreated tooth. Yeah, I think I feel that a little bit. Yeah. And they're like, no, you don't. Come on. Just just tell me the straight stuff. Uh, I've even done it with EPT where I put the EPT on the tooth and I don't turn it on. Yeah. So yeah. I've had them, oh, I'm like, oh. mm, come on. You're, you're yeah. nice about it, but you're like, okay, well, that's that's great. That's that's me pushing and you have to yeah. you know, try not to make them feel bad because, you know, they're anxious and sometimes they feel that if they give the wrong answer, you're not going to treat them and they're going to leave your office in pain. And right. I had this one lady and I, well, I had a couple, three of them that come to mind <laughs> where like the assistant, it was two ladies in a row. 
And the assistant was, this assistant never rolled her eyes, but she was rolling her eyes. The lady's like, I don't understand what you mean by cold. And we're up north in in in, in Canada, like way up like, north, way north cold. of Vancouver. And it's yeah, I'm like, well, let's open the window. That's what cold yeah. is. Are you kidding me? I put cold, I had to put cold on her hand. Cold, cold, feel cold, cold. And and it was she was just being so awkward. And I'm like, I'm trying to help you. What's with the fight? And you know, like you're not, I, I know your IQ is not that low, but you're acting as though your IQ is on the floor. Like, I don't get it. And what it was is she was, she had had a temporary filling on, on, on her upper second molar and she didn't want to walk out without a permanent filling in there. And that was her motivation. She felt that if, if, if yeah. that tooth wasn't painful, I let her walk out with a temporary filling. So finally drilled it down. It's like, honestly, if, if, if you don't need a root canal, we got the time. I'll do the occlusal filling for you. But your dentist did a temporary because they thought of, you know, I was going to need a root canal. Blah, blah, blah. Well, then she came back into the room as normal. But up until then, it was like weirdness. And <laughs> and then and then and then the next lady was the same thing. Like, I don't understand what cold is. I'm like, like, it's a full moon outside. And and this lady was the same thing. And we ended up, you know, she ended up needing the root canal treatment. You know, and, and because she was then getting confused because she was, she was saying she was feeling cold on the tooth that had a mass infection. And she thought that was going to help her get a root canal. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, you know, and you, that's when you're flipping the Q-tip, you know, cold, not cold, cold, not cold, cold. Not, and I go, I'm deliberately mixing things up. Yeah. I want to make sure we get the right one. You know, she and, and, and a it, little bit more. Um, not the right word would be there's more uh, subterfuge. Is yeah. It, it, oh, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was total mind game. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I felt like this, you'd be perfect for the board exams because the instructor would just love you because she's yeah. a headache. I'm like, wow. And then at the end of the appointment, she goes, I'm sorry for being so awkward during the exam. I'm like, oh, it's okay. No problem. <laughs> like, holy yeah. crap. Yeah. It was just, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was two in a row. I was up north and I was like, my goodness, I can't wait for lunch. <laughs> wow. 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 Uh, I have never, that I can recall ever done a placebo cold test in my life. Oh, oh. it's common. Flip it oh, all the yeah. time. We do it all the time. And, wow. and I can tell you, even it's even worse with uh, chronic pain patients. And especially if it's, you know, if there's a medical legal component, but yeah, because the, they, they, you know, they've been in pain for a long time and they want treatment. They want to get, help me get better. And yeah. so something that may be a three out of 10 is now seven out of 10. And, you know, as everything's, you touch them and it's like they've been harpooned. And I think, well, you just rein that in a little bit and you're talking to them and they'll say, well, it's give your pain a number 10 out of 10 and or out of 10. And they'll say, well, it's 10 out of 10 right now. And yet we're conversing just like this. Wow. So wow. I'll have to let them know, well, that's maybe not 10. That's. <laughs> well, we're starting to bleed into a, a lot of different topics, but I, I want to kick in on just a couple things, which is um, in my exam, and I think this is an important distinction, uh, and I, I believe you both will agree that the cold test does not obviously exist in a vacuum. And so there's correlations. None of them do, right? None of them do. Yeah. None of it. None of them do. So you've got your percussion, palpation, mobility, probings. You've got your radiographs. You've got how deep the restorations are, whether there was a pulp cap, whether there was a direct exposure, whether it was, you know, DICAL or MTA and how recently it was done and the constellation of symptoms. And to bring us back to the beginning, there's the chief complaint, which is 
in the patient's own words, what's the problem? And, you know, in that chief complaint, and I think this is why we're talking about it and why it's so important, is the kernel of what the problem is. You know, if you can't drink cold, well, it's it's a vital inflamed pulp that we realistically, unless there's something really unusual going on that needs to be treated. If, if the chief complaint is I can't chew, uh, the next question is, does it hurt to cold? And no, it doesn't really hurt to cold, but I can't chew. Well, it's a non-vital tooth or it's a failing root canal with a lesion that's become symptomatic. Um, but discerning from that chief complaint, the key direction of the exam, I think is kind of the essence of what we're trying to get out. And I think our initial conversation to me is how do we get that key piece of information in a efficient manner, you know, rather than going digging for it into the subterranean levels of the earth uh, in the patient's consciousness and to get, and to get a straight, to basically get a straight answer. Um, I do want to add one quick thing, which is that I kind of cut through the, the cut to the chase a little bit with people because I'll ask them, is this problem bad enough that we need to do something? Can you live with this as it is? And if they say yes, in their mind, they're not convinced they need a root canal. And if they say, no, we need to do something. I don't want to live with this. Then I, I tend to fall into, okay, there, there realistically, there is something that needs to be done and it's unless they're crazy. Uh, and I don't know what the technical word, politically correct word for crazy is in 2023, but unless they're, you know, it's BS, crazy. Okay. Yeah. Unless they're BS, Going back to crazy. <laughs> yeah, unless they're BSC, I, I don't know, you know, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, if you tell me you got pain that you want relieved, um, you know, one other thing I want to ask you both in your chart notes, do you write down a quote of the chief complaint in every record? Yes. No, um, maybe, maybe I, some of them I don't like when it's a, you know, radiolucent lesion at the end of a root canal treated tooth and the percussion's big, but it's probably in the referral, you know, it's somewhere, but do I, maybe the staff write it, you know, but do I always write it? No, but it's, yeah, it's, but it's in the diagnosis, symptomatic apical periodontitis. But I, yeah, I, I might be a little bit weak on that one, but it's a, it's a good point to do. Um, and my staff are writing the notes and, and, and they're usually pretty good on that, but I, I, that could be a weak point for me, but it's really good to do it <laughs> better well, than what I'm doing it. That, yeah. leads, that leads to another question and we'll come back more into the chief complaint conversation because we are the chief's of complaint in, yes. in the hotel calcified, which is that, um, Tom, do you write your own notes or does your staff write your notes for you? That's one question. And Joel, do you countersign your own notes that you've read them and you approve them? Uh, it, my staff writes my notes, but I'll review them mostly generally. Uh, and I will edit them as I see fit. And it depends if we're seeing a, a pain patient, then we're both writing notes. I'm writing as they're talking and my assistant's writing as they're talking. Uh, if it's an endo patient, my assistant is doing most of the writing. And I was going to make a point about um, 
someone who's giving a real constellation of their chief complaints, I'll sometimes ask them kind of like the question of, do you think this needs treatment? I'll say, you know, what's your primary reason for being here? What's, what's your number one problem? Because they say, oh, it hurts with this and that and whatever. And, and so I, I, if, if they're just all over the place, I don't ask everybody this, but if they're going far afield on a whole series of chief complaints that seem not related, I will just say, what's your, what's your number one beef? Really? What's, what's your reason? Right. Seems to, that seems to get a good answer out of them too. Okay. And uh, Joel, do you, do you have some, do you, maybe you answered this and I'm sorry if I'm asking you again, do you countersign all your. No, I, I, we, we have the um, uh, TDO. And so we have those charts we fill out and then I, and and then my letter back. And so I make sure those charts are filled out quite accurately, the pulp testing and periodicular testing and all that. Right quite good and then is as far as getting into the weeds of the notes of the chief complaint i tend to dive into that if i need to if it's a pain patient or if it's an issue patient like basically the if the this the basic chart notes aren't sufficient you know to deal with a patient's pain then i dive more into the notes but a lot of the time if 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 the simple pie chart thing is is enough for us to get there then then i then I don't dive into the notes too much. So I, I, I'm, I'm a bit um, judicial with the notes. I don't go, well, I have a massive template that says I've talked about everything too, that I, that I throw in there, you know, like, so I have that, you know, the CYA template, right. Yes. But then I customize it too. And they're like, and so like, for instance, if a patient has a big, long story, I don't think it's necessary that you write down every single point that the patient says, because no matter what happens in a charting system, you're not going to get every point. And if it got grisly, you just say, we talked for about five, 10 minutes. The patient went, you know, described their pain in great detail. And this is the summary of what it is, right? It's just like when you're consent form, you can't have every single thing that possibly can go wrong because no matter what, form you have somebody's going to come across something else later in the future these are the most likely things to go wrong there's a whole world of things that could go, otherwise could go wrong you know the roof could fall on you for crying out loud you know so um i try to be e- efficient in that regard and and not exhaustive um unnecessarily exhaustive you know so if, if the patient starts describing nonsensical stuff then it's just like there's primary concern is cold but one of the key f- couple of few questions I ask in regards to the chief complaint when they come in, you know, I, I say, you know, do you know which tooth is a problem, you know, or is it the general area? And, 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 and because some patients get mad, they come in to see the dentist and they think it's a tooth right behind the eye tooth. And the dentist ends up doing a root count on the one behind that. And they're like, he did the wrong tooth. So you always want to make sure what's their theory. What do they think it is? And then I also ask them, what do you think caused it? You know, was it the moron who saw you before me, Mister Amazing? You know, like, <laughs> and always, and all, Doctor Amazing, Doctor Amazing. All the dentists listening to this podcast, the patient comes in and starts looking at one side, down the other, and saying, "You're the best thing since sliced bread," and you haven't done anything. Warning lights going off. If they're quick with compliments, they're quick with sticking the knife in your back, right? So woo, be be aware of that. But I, so I ask them, you know, what's basically what their theory of of it is, right? And can they locate a tooth? Is it more about the tooth or is it more about the area? And then after they tell the story, I said, okay, you have to pick one thing. What's the worst thing? Is it biting? Is it cold? 
or is it an ache? Like, what is it? Right. And then, and then, and then you kind of nail them on that. Yeah. 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 It's important too, as, as they're talking away. And I like your comment about, about uh, their, if they're over complimentary when they, you've just yeah. met them and they just, you know, they've, they've been in your room for two minutes. Uh, you know, somebody said something to me today, patient, we were having a chat about he was going through his health history and he said he has an knee replacement. I said, well, when was that? Well, I got to get it fixed. Cause the doctor, you know, the surgeon screwed that up. And that's how he said, it. I thought, okay, noted. noted. <laughs> that was good to know. Thank you for letting me know who you are and yeah. how you, how you take things. If there's something goes sideways, you know, stuff goes sideways. Yeah. So we're going to come to the atom. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. We have come okay. to the end of part one of uh the chiefs of complaint we're going to dive into this topic uh, a little bit further in part two and we've got a lot of good ground still to cover i'm going to say goodbye to my co-hosts dr tom shackleton and dr joel franzen thank you guys right. both for coming on and uh, we'll see you again very soon thanks Excellent. good time thank you